Welcome to Fractional, episode 27. I'm Lance, and I'm here with my co-host Joshua. We are talking about ways that we make work better and we make life better, and we find the balance between the two. So how's it going, Joshua? It's going well. I, I like that you're not reading from a script. You're just winging it, and it sounds really professional. So nice work with that. <laughs> <laughs> Only took us 27 episodes to get here. <laughs> All right. What do you have any fears that are not rational that aren't really a big deal? Uh, let me think of a fear I have. It's not really a fear, but it's, I, I can't, I can't walk barefoot in a house if it's dirty at all. That just like drives me crazy. If there's dust or dirt or stickiness, the sensory part of that, <laughs> it's no fun. So I wear slippers all the time. Are there any just like silly little fears that you have that, uh, you, you live with? Oh, that's a, that's a good question. Uh, so like, I'm trying to stay surface level on this, but everything in my mind is going to like, I'm afraid of conflict, afraid of confrontation. All right, you can take it serious. <laughs> like, we get, there's lots of those. Yeah, like, um, so I, I grew up with a real fear of spiders. I have pretty well gotten past that, like, not really bothered too much. But the idea of one on me, like, people will hold a, a tarantula because it's their pet, like, zero interest at all in that. Like, that gives me the heebie-jeebies. But yeah, just like springboarding into the deep end, um, I tend to avoid a confrontation and conflict. And it's something that, well, something that I know I can improve on, right? Giving, giving good feedback. Um, I struggle and just go straight to awkward when there's a constructive piece of criticism that I need to deliver. And I'll typically fumble around a little bit and then I'll just set the stage of like, hey, I'm really bad at this <laughs> or I struggle with this. So just be gracious with me as I deliver this piece of, of, of information for you. How do you handle, if I'm giving you strong feedback, how, how do you handle taking it? So giving it's really hard. How is it taking it? Oh yeah. I definitely take things very deeply. Like I, I, I think I have a, a real unrealistic expectation of, of perfection in, in what I do. And I can, I can tolerate a lot of imperfection in my own world that I do. But when I feel that I've, I've really come up short for somebody else and, and they share that with me, I feel that very deeply, very intensely. In fact, I think I shared something with you, I don't know, a couple weeks ago where I, where it seemed someone perceived, right? Something that came up short for them and, and shared that with me. And, uh, I knew, I knew it wasn't logical, right? Like I knew where they were coming from and it wasn't anything I should have or could have done differently, but I still, it took me a few hours to, to go ahead and let go of that. Right. Like somebody felt bad and it was on account of me. I don't think there was any way to avoid that, but it's what happened. And it took me a while to get past it. I had an issue come up recently where someone was unhappy with something I had done. And I remember talking to Monica about it and trying to figure out why, why did that bother me as much as it did? I think it's the weight of disappointment and the impact you think it could have in your life. So something my therapist has asked me it, that's been helpful is, uh, Joshua, what is the worst thing that could happen with this particular situation? Worst thing that happens is you, let's say if it's your job, you get fired. Are you going to, is it going to take you three years to get a new job? No. Historically speaking, objectively speaking, I will be able to find something to pay the bills. All right. What if you can't pay your mortgage in a week? Are you going to actually lose your house in a week? No. Realistically, it's, that would take three months to have zero income before that happens. <laughs> Sometimes that exercise helps me to really think, 
this maybe an awkward situation happened with a friend, is that going to just destroy that relationship? Well, in theory, it could in the right circumstance, but generally it's not going to. Um, so I, not that it helps me all the time, but it's something that sometimes helps. Yeah, perspective <laughs> matters for sure. That's, that's definitely true. I will caveat that, though. There's a great book. Uh, you should talk to your therapist or some kind of book like that. I'll put it in the show notes. That pain is absolute, even though it's relative. So I'll break that down a little bit. I might have had a traumatic event that is going to be objectively smaller than 90% of the world's traumatic events, but it's still traumatic to me. So to discount that by saying it's not a huge traumatic event does not help my brain that recognizes it as pain. So when you're going through something that really bothers you, scares you, there's probably something deeper behind it that you're missing. (laughs) And Accept that it's painful and don't try to discount it. That way you can have the potential of being able to solve it. So we went way off on the deep end with this, but... <laughs> yeah, well, you're welcome. I just took it right right to the bottom of the pool. So the past few weeks have been high intensity for me. Uh, my energy has been been pretty stripped and hyper-focused on the, the heavy workload that's been going on. I'm starting to feel a shift. I'm starting to feel a trend towards... I can see light at the end of this tunnel. Um, not that, not that it seemed like I would never get out of it before. I knew that this was a tunnel and I was going to be in the dark part for a while. That anticipated exit point is, is getting near and I'm starting to feel the ability to, you know, instead of answering and taking on all the things all at once, uh, especially with my workload, I'm able to start now to sort and put things into buckets and start thinking about all right, which bucket's most important for us to deal with right now. And that's real freeing um, for me. Like, there's been a few things that are, that are more stressful, you know, harder things to solve, but having things you know, broken down into more manageable categories and, and projects it is feeling really, really good. I'm curious how much of what you're doing is falls into the bucket of hard and I know how to do it versus hard and I have to figure out how to do it. Hmm. Where are you at on that scale right now? I, I'm definitely past the 50% part of, of things I know how to do, but there's a pretty significant minority that is, I need to figure this out. A lot of those pieces of, I need to figure this out are, I've thought a lot about this and I've been been parts of teams that have executed on these things, but I've never been the owner of this thing and, and been the directly responsible person for rolling this out. So there's familiarity with a lot of those that I'd say I need to learn this. They're familiar, but like there is still that gap of you don't have a team around you to bounce ideas off of. You're really figuring this out for yourself and rolling it out to an organization and you don't have a peer right now. All right, I've got a follow-up question for you. You shared something offline that I found interesting where I realized, oh, the buck stops with you on this issue. You've got to solve it. You've got to figure it out. Um, And I've had this idea that (laughs) uh, power generally can corrupt. So how are you feeling? (laughs) with this like at the end of the day you've got to just make the call on something and there's there's a weight of responsibility with that 
Um, how are you adjusting to figuring that out? Yeah, yeah. There's a few. There's a few things here where it's uh, navigating. Where do I have free range to just, you know, step forward at will? And where am I like better served by deferring? And my default is collaborative, right? Like I'm, I'm going to ask. I think there's areas where I'll probably be asking because uh, I'm looking for confirmation and maybe affirmation that I probably would be just fine to go ahead and step forward without, without that. But when you work, and, and I think this is not unique for me here. I think this is something that fractionals are going to run into quite a bit. You don't really have somebody embedded that's in this same struggle with you to talk through like options or ideas with, right? Like your stakeholders are other executives and they're focused on their problems and you're here to solve this problem. Um, you know, and in my case, like I, I have, um, I'm onboarding someone to work with me now, which is going to be a huge help, but I don't really have that peer that's going to look at this problem with me critically and understand everything going on across the organization and help, help me walk through a decision on this. Like I'm going to have to own it. I think the stakes, yeah, they feel a little different. Uh, we've talked, I believe in maybe a couple of episodes about the book, turn the ship around and I'll put into the show notes something that, and I am speaking from IC related work. It's different with what you're describing, but I'm curious if you can infer something you're either already doing or you would do when I am unsure of something, it's often better to tell the next person up the line, here's what I plan to do, here's why I plan to do it, give me a thumbs up or down, or modify, instead of what should I do. So I'm curious, um, how much of that are you already applying? Uh, what do you do when you're totally unsure about the next decision to make? What resources do you pull in your brain to figure that out? Yeah, you know, I've I've not read the book, but my my default is to come with a solution. So if there's something I don't know the answer to and I have independently looked and I'm still pretty stumped, um, that would be quite rare. And I think I'd be comfortable saying like, hey, I just don't know what to do here. Like, here, here's my thoughts, but like, I really need some help with this. But uh, by and large, my interaction with like other members of the executive team are here's here's the situation here's what i'd like to do or here's what i think we should do like i'm asking for feedback on this or or here's what i've prepared can you give me a sanity check on this before i send it out to the entire organization and yeah folks are 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 pretty helpful in saying yep that looks smart or no that's stupid don't do that and take it back to the drawing board there's the old joke that if you want to find an answer on the internet just post the wrong answer and you'll be sure to be corrected <laughs> yeah yeah. And I think there's something to that. I would rather see if you and I have this nebulous idea about a document that we need to write. It's helpful if one of us just takes a first stab at it because the other can immediately say, no, that's not at all what I had in mind. I was thinking you were going to have a paragraph about this. And I, I find that often helps so much where I'll just grab a iPad in my case, or it could be a pencil and paper and just define out what I think a problem is. So someone else can gut check me on it. Yeah. That, that hunger for feedback when you're in your own, uh, headspace, it can seem like the right thing to you, but like you haven't validated it with anyone. And that's a, that's a significant risk. And I think I feel that right. Like if I don't have somebody to validate something against that just doesn't feel smart. Right. Even though like I can feel 
very confident about something, but I mean, you're just so much sharper when someone else looks at it and says, Oh, I thought of it this way, or I saw it this way. Like it's just, you're, you're just too isolated. If you're, if you're alone in what you're doing. Yes. There, there's one step that if you truly, in general, you can almost always get feedback from someone. There's always some way, even if you're under NDA, you can generalize to get say, hey, I've got this general problem. How would I approach this? Uh, but there is also in programming a term called rubber ducking, where you get a, phys- a literal rubber duck from a, your bathtub or your kid's bathtub, put it on your desk. And when you're struggling with something, just talk to the little duck about it. Talking out loud to an inanimate object or typing, writing out your problem half of the time for me that will solve it where I'm about to maybe reach out to a colleague with a problem I have. So I will write out the question I have. And as I'm writing out the question, I realize, Oh, I, the way I'm phrasing this question, I don't truly understand this. And it usually creates some kind of feedback loop, even for myself. But with all that said, it's, it's important to be able to talk to someone else too. So when you're tired, I don't know if, if this is, physically tired mentally tired emotionally tired what's your what's your thing to do when you're just worn out it's interesting i have been learning as i get older that i don't really grow fatigued from energy output so much as the monotony of not having different things that i'm doing so for instance if i'm working at a company if i have to work on the same thing all day long I am far more tired than if I could switch between two or three things throughout the day. That's just more interesting for me. So just on the project level, I always try to have more than one project going because maybe my brain in a project, you'll have the beginning, the intermediate, and the ending. Maybe today my brain is completely shot for the the ending of project A, but if I could just jump to the beginning of project B, I'm ready for that type of work. I'm ready for that type of thinking. So for me, tired... I used to think I'm tired. The best thing for me right now is to veg out and watch TV for three hours. But when I'm done with that, I don't feel any better. And I, it, it used to be a mystery to me. Instead, if I'm tired, maybe I just need to do something different. So in this case, often for me, it's like, could I go work outside of my property for an hour or two? I'll probably feel invigorated and energy restored from doing that. So that's something I've started to notice. If If I'm truly fatigued, a nap can be the best thing. And I don't take too many of those, but they're fantastic when I can get lucky enough. Uh, The other is I might just be tired of this thing and I need to switch it up. So that's kind of how I approach it. And I was talking to uh, Garrick Van Buren. We were just texting back and forth a little bit, and he's been a previous uh, guest on the podcast here. And I was mentioning to him that I was really enjoying the weekend. And he asked me a question. He's like, well, how could you make it so your Tuesdays are more enjoyable? How, how could they be 8% better? And I love that question because I don't enjoy, and I have been in the past, I don't want to be in the future. I don't enjoy being a person who looks forward to Friday afternoon. <laughs> it's how can I have every day be something that I look forward to? So that's that's a little bit of me, and I'm curious how you take this question and how you work around it. And for both of us also, we have families that we care deeply about that our energy also, we want to go toward caring for them. So yeah, I'm curious how you'd think of this question. Yeah, no, that's interesting. So I I think it's, I feel like it's been a little while since I've kind of dreaded, you know, Mondays, right? Where I didn't want to go back to work 
I mean, there's always awesome things you're doing on the weekend that you're like, oh man, I wish I could do this all week long. Right. But yeah, I think, I think for me right now where I'm at, knowing that I feel like every week I'm taking meaningful, meaningful steps forward and building my practice. And that's something bigger than even like a current contract or a job. I feel like I'm making progress on. That's pretty exciting to me. So yeah, tomorrow's Tuesday. I've got a number of things that I'm working on that I think, I think some of it comes back to your earlier question about what are the things I'm going to have to learn um, versus things I already know. And there's a healthy amount of learning going on for me right now. And so each day is a new learning opportunity, which then I feel like feeds into, you know, the expertise and strategy work that I want to see my career continue to trend towards. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't know. But, but as far as that, that tired piece too, I, I don't like, I feel physically tired sometimes. I really don't think that it's because I've put out too much with my body. It's like, my brain is, is, is wiped out. So the things that just like are way less of a mental game <laughs> are, are where, where I head to. And yeah, sometimes it's that, you know, TV or whatever, but I feel the best when I go for a walk or I work on an outside project, you know, stacking firewood or you know, like you said, working in your property. Uh, right now I'm extending uh, the space in my chicken coop so that our hens have a little more room when the snow is on the ground, just something like that. That's just a total different, total different experience because so much of the work that, that you and I do is just, it's mentally taxing and the body starts to say, Hey, I'm tired too. Cause you're overworking the brain. Yeah. And I've had days where I'm trying to brute force work from my brain and my brain is pushing against it. And now for the most part, I recognize when that happens and I, I see, Oh, I either need to switch to a calmer task today, or maybe I need to call it and go spend time with my family because it's late enough in the day. And why am I still trying this? Yeah. Well, speaking of, uh, speaking of breaking from the mentally straining stuff, I am going to take a break this weekend. I'm going to go Friday afternoon, take off, uh, ride down to, uh, the Wallala mountains in Northeast Oregon I'm planning a, a a pretty long single day event, so we're going to cover a lot of ground and lakes and peaks and and enjoying the the beauty there in the Eagle Cap Wilderness. Uh, a few friends will be going. I've got a, a cousin who's going to come over from the Boise area and meet meet up. Uh, carpool down with a good friend uh, who lives here. Unfortunately, Joshua is not available to come this weekend. So. I was going to add, I was invited. It's not like you're talking about this trip and I wasn't invited. Yep. <laughs> Uh, so that should be awesome. I'll I'll come back with some stories to tell. I is that bear country where you're going to be at? Black bear country. Yes, I okay, I don't think that grizzly bears are a, are an issue there. So this episode may not come out at the exact time of today. It might be a couple extra days, but there's been a horrific grizzly bear attack up in Canada a couple days ago, which is yeah, just make me glad that there's not grizzlies around where you're going. <laughs> oh, I didn't even hear about that. I'm gonna have to check it out. Because, um, but it was up at Banff, which obviously is very different from Oregon. Yeah, for sure. I uh, just on that point, I, I have this thought of when my kids are older, uh, I love to do a three day hike, maybe a week long hike, uh, where they're big enough that we enjoy that. And just being out in nature for days on end, I actually I hate camping and tenting, but I love hiking. So if I can find a way to make both those elements work. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> That'd be fun. Oh, I hate, uh, well, I won't say I hate, I do enjoy, I like backpacking, um, you know, where you hike, you carry all your gear so you can camp along the way, but it's so much more weight and you can cover so much less ground. And I want to see all the things. So rather than carry the tent and the food and the sleeping bag and all that gear, that's going to be so much more weight. Uh, the idea is to pack really light, just the food you need for a day, just enough to stay warm if the weather turns on you up in the mountains and a water filter. So you're carrying very little water and, and go at a faster pace and cover, you know, the same mileage you might cover in three days if you're backpacking, but you'll you do it in a day. So you cover We have a, a mutual friend, Nick Peterson. He did a five day hike where you would cover 10 miles a day and everything that he carried was essentially in his little uh, throw cover. So he had a little tiny thin blanket and he just wrapped everything up in a ball, checked it over his shoulder. And I want to say it was about eight pounds and that was the total weight. Um, but he's been an ultralight uh, backpacker where he's talked to me about, yeah, can you get your weight down to five pounds or something like that? And that sounds like a fantastic experience relative to how I've done it. That sounds like it'd be rough in it <laughs> for sure. Carrying, carrying that little amount of gear. Yes. And it's like time of year, right? Is it warm enough that you're fine? Um, are you guaranteed to start a fire? A number of elements like that, but then it's, you're really just out enjoying nature. So I don't know. We'll see. As I get older, maybe I'll do something like that. <laughs> for sure. Um, there's one more piece here that I was interested to talk about. I think this is relevant for, for fractionals is if, if you're entering the fractional market, like you and I have done in the last year or so, how far do you go doing what you need to do to get your business off the ground, which is probably going to require you to provide a lot more service to customers to, if your goal is to be finding yourself heavier weighted towards strategy and expertise, you know, advisory type work, you know, that is, um, that's a shift that you want to see over time. Like right now, early on, there's a few things that I do are strategic and advisory, but a lot of what I'm in, what I end up doing on my day to day is, is service oriented for my clients. And so seeing that, you know, move from maybe being 80, 20 service oriented over how many years, three, four or five years, to where it's 80, 20, the other direction. That's a goal for me. Something I'd like to see happen with my career. Yeah. How, how do you, how do you think about, you know, all right, I need to make decisions about what I say yes to now. I have things that I have to do to feed the family and keep the business going, but ultimately I want to move that other direction. I, I've been thinking about service versus, I like how you define it, service versus strategy. I've been thinking about it with other labels for a while now. I got to ask, what's that pink juice? You've been drinking this bright pink juice the whole time. <laughs> oh, this is a, um, this is a, I think it's called Ultima. It's like an electrolyte replacement mix and it's raspberry flavored and it's delicious. And, oh, and by the way, this, this concept of service versus strategy and that transition from, you know, early fractional to later fractional career, the weight of that, this is um, something I was talking with a friend of the show, Arlen Bird about earlier today and just wanted to share it here and get your reaction. Yeah helped someone out a while back with just kind of reviewing their product. So I sat down and I spent a little bit of time reviewing it. It wasn't much time, but I was able to pull from principles that I've been aware of for years, the, just my background for the last 15 years, and really lay out a bunch of things that, the, that this founder can do for the app. And he took all that and was like, hey, thank you so much. Uh, 
I need some time to digest this. My team and I are going to put this into a roadmap and you'll hear back from us in the future. And I realized that was more strategy work than service work. The thing I'm wondering about and why I've been kind of delaying answering your question is I've assumed that I would want to get into strategy work because that's where the better life is. But that's not that that can't be the answer for me. It has to be because I feel a reward from it. And I'm just thinking back to different situations where my guidance, based on my experience, made a massive difference for someone in the app they were building. And I really enjoyed that. If money comes from that long term, that's great. But I'm realizing I care more about can I make impacts that I find rewarding? If so, I'm totally fine switching eventually to being more strategy-based. Right now, I find a lot of reward from service where I get in there, I build something, and it tangibly benefits the organization. I really enjoy that. But there is something about, well, what if in a few hours of my time, and I'm I'm paid very well for it, I could shift an entire organization's approach to something actually could be really cool. I think I, I think I would find more joy than being in the trenches for three months and seeing a quarter of the impact uh, uh, from just a couple of hours. So from that perspective, for me, before I even look at making a shift, I have to understand why I'd want to do it. Now that I am starting to see why, I think I could then figure out how I would do it. Uh, so I'm I'm still in, so in the early stages of this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, same here. And every time you deliver that service, your expertise deepens, uh, becomes more valuable. And so there is something to be said about you know there's value in in the service right now. And as as time goes on, you'll become a deeper and deeper expert um, as a fractional providing service, and then shifting that. And right now, I have a day job where. I focus on service and it's following a long now for me, it's a long time for older people. It's not that much, but a long path of providing service at a number of organizations over the, over a number of years, each time I feel like I'm getting a little bit better and a little bit more understanding on how to quickly make something work. But I'm also trying to bring strategy each time as well. So yeah, it's, it's, it'll be fun to see where we each grow with this. Awesome. Love it. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. By the time you hear this, it won't be the day we recorded. We're recording a little bit out of time, but the content's still just as valuable, we hope. And as always, if you have any feedback, please send us an email, email at fractional.fm. We love to hear from you. Some of that makes it into the show. Other, we just really enjoy hearing it. We do read everything uh, between you and me, Lance. It's not a ton of feedback right now. (laughs) So feel free to send it. We love it. Thank you so much. Have a great day, everyone.